The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five. Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side. It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to one. This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to... The October 5th edition of One Nation Radio. We're live in the Wrestling Squared Circle here on this Friday night before the WWE Super Showdown show. James, what's going on, man? Nothing. Just uh, just ready to talk some wrestling with you while I have the, uh, I guess, the, the James Boyd Rich Lotta uh, classic on. Red Sox Yankees ALDS. I got that on in the background. Yeah, man. I, um... I was looking. I was talking with my boy Andrew today at work, and he's a Yankees fan. I was like, because you know, I've kind of been on record to say I don't really watch baseball like that anymore. But I was like, right. it's Yankees Red Sox. Like, I do I have to like <laughs> like 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 I kind of feel like I have to you know uh, roll with the Sox just just because you know we looking at the Yankees. Yeah, man, it, it's definitely weird. Like the only you know. It's, it's weird like you know you always hear that people say you, you you grow up and and stuff like your sports team don't matter as much as they used to and you think like there's no way there's just no way well, ain't no fucking and then, way like, and then you get to and it's like yeah i kind of see where people you know you you know you have kids or jobs or or relationships or whatever else and you just ain't got time for it meanwhile like we spent about how many hours of our lives every single week to this, to this to wrestling product? yeah yeah, to, to fucking wrestling. Um, yeah, to yeah. fake sports. To fake sports. Not real sports, fake sports. Look, I've traded in the real for the fake on, on y'all. On. <laughs> so, you yeah. know. Look, your sports, the sports you watch out here, cloudy and diamonds, <laughs> diamonds cloudy and chipped up. All yes, that. yes. So, um, yeah, man, we've got uh, a lot to get to here. Um so make sure you guys are, if you guys haven't heard uh, about our other show over on the Lords of Pain Radio Network, check that out. That is a show where we review Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. It's doing very well at the moment. Um, James, we've got WWE Super Showdown here. So overall impressions on this show um, thus far? It's, it's, I think that this is a on on paper as you said off air like this card should be good um <laughs> they've got but, a, they've had us there before james right but you know you know what you can do with, with, with stuff on paper right like you know 
Um, so nothing. I mean, everything on there make, on the card makes some, makes some sense, except for obviously the, the the Kevin Owens and Elias, Bobby Roode. I'm sorry, Bobby Lashley, uh, Cena thing. But you know, like all this stuff seems to tie into what they're trying to do, heading into Evolution and um, and uh, I'm sorry, Crown Jewel, and maybe even uh, leave something for us, uh, even for Survivor Series. So, like, there's stuff there. Is just you know. It, it kind of does feel out of place because it's a show that obviously is not going to be. It's a, it's a show that you have to go. You have to watch at your own time. It's not going to be like this on an eight. You have to tune in right now and you know and pay attention as opposed to like you get to it when you get to it. So that, that's kind of I guess the thing that's throwing me off. Technical difficulties. We're going to go ahead and do that one more time. So <laughs> um, the overall impressions of the main event. We've got Triple H against uh, the Undertaker. Uh, both guys are seconded by. Uh, you know, their longtime on screen partners, Shawn Michaels and Kane, respectively. Kane taking the weekend off from uh, Knox County and uh, somehow getting away from his constituents to go get a main event wrestling check. Uh, it's amazing uh, how these things go. But, uh, James, what are your overall impressions of this thing? I mean, you know, the the back and forth between Nas County and the Saudi money, like, I mean, I guess whatever, to, whatever you know, is to, to, I guess, degrees the skids, if you will. But, um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've been okay with what they've done. I haven't been in love with it, but I'm not at the same time. Um, but I'm not – it hasn't been bad either. But, then, you know, honestly, this is also – I mean, actually, I take that back. This has been good for the most part because most of the stuff they've done has been the best stuff they've done on um, some of these – episodes besides from the last two weeks until like raw started to pick it up but um i know you know this is the worry like they can you know, that's the thing with the old timers like they can do good pro programs as far as building feuds but the problem is like you gotta get a match in the ring right so that's what the concern is right now is getting a match in the ring and um hopefully they hopefully they figure out with all the smoke and mirrors how to get it to work i feel like all the smoke is coming and not the uh aggressive kind uh and all the mirrors uh, everything uh the bald sean michaels will be down there uh doing something to uh mess up this match uh i i feel like triple h is gonna finally get a win over the undertaker due to sean michaels uh and, and something's gonna go down to where undertaker's gonna want want to both of their ass just just like old times um it, it's amazing so to see like this whole triple h and undertaker thing because Obviously, it has always been the one B feud to Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Triple H and Undertaker isn't even the story. I think even WWE would admit that when they're not hitting us with false propaganda that uh, the under that uh, Triple H was the Undertaker's greatest rival and whatnot. But um, I don't know, man. I I, I think this is going like, to be a, a oh, slow. Go ahead. But wait, do you feel like that's actually the case? Like they actually, like do you feel like WWE has actually said that like Triple H is Undertaker's greatest foe, rival? Well, they did that thing on Instagram, like where Triple H was number uh, one. So I don't know yeah, how much okay. you want to put into that, but we all know what it is. Um, so I don't know, man. I feel like it's going to be slow and plotting. It's going to be like a two, three star special. I'm not really expecting much, but Triple H has shocked me in places before i think he's the only real one that you can trust at this point uh kane's wash undertaker's very wash and you know we don't know what Shawn michaels is, is going to be out there doing so what are your uh right. you know thoughts on like what we could see during this match dude i have no idea like 
None. Like for all I know, like the ministry, the ministry of darts might run out here, bro. <laughs> like, I don't, or, or the corporate ministry. I have no. Well, I can't say corporate ministry because Triple H is also in there. I have no idea. Like Evolution might come out, and I don't mean pay per view. I mean like Batista and Triple H. I'm sorry, Batista yes. and, and Flair and them. Like I don't know what's on tap, bro. None. Shout out to Joe Saba who's listening. I haven't talked to him in a while. Hopefully, I don't, Joe, are you going to WWE Super Showdown? Joe's from Australia, so. Um, I don't know how far it is from from what area of the country you live in. My my Australian uh, geography is all messed up. I don't know what's close to what. So, um, oh God, Joe said he thinks it's going to be Cena and Taker Part Two, bro. If they do a three minute squash match, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> they said oh this will be four and a half hours, Rich. <laughs> my God, if they do a Cena, uh, um, if they do a Cena style match with this. This would be so disappointing. This would be um, just another indictment on the Undertaker that he needs to go to fuck home, bro. Like I'm just like, look, man. Like, do how many times do we have to thank the Undertaker, bro? I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, like I just want to look at some of the stuff that Simon um, is saying. Like uh, Simon Simon's mentioned that uh, the main event segment was attached to the lowest rating. One of the lowest rated Raws in history, or actually the lowest rated Raw in history. He's like maybe maybe Australia won't see, maybe but the people in the states don't don't care. I would I would say like you know, um, it's that time of the year where like it don't matter what they do, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. It just don't. Yeah, they um <laughs> they've got some questions to answer, like um as far as the ratings because. They've got they're they're loading Monday Night Raws up regardless of what you say they're putting big matches on there they're making Rousey wrestle on Raw they've got all these legends and they can't do a damn thing about it and it's not like one of those situations where like Hulk Hogan back in the day where he would take himself off TV during the NBA playoffs so the dip right. couldn't be attributed to him now these old dudes like Triple H who would never be there in in any of these circumstances they're being relied upon to sell the international shows now. So they got to bring their ass here, and then we get to put to bed some of these um, myths, as you know, we'll, we'll call them, about you know these guys being draws and and such like you know big movers and everything like that. It's like, well, let's let's actually test that theory. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. I've always thought that the part of you know, they bring keep bringing back these older guys is is overrated because like. All that stuff comes down to is nostalgia and if they can have good presentations. But the thing is, like, and also the novelty of it, but the thing is with Triple H and Undertaker, for example, like, there ain't no novelty left. Like, they've done they've done all of the nostalgia act, like, come back for a big feud. They've done it for years now. Done, done so, like, that's kind of worn off. Like, same thing for Brock, for Brock being around, um, coming in and out and parachuting in and out for the last, uh, what, roughly four years. So, like, those guys are kind of different. Like, but, uh, but you know, I w- I'm more sure that, like, yeah, that's definitely not the case with those guys as opposed to, like, I don't know, that if Rock decides to show back up, that might be a totally different case because, like, there's definitely novelty around him or Batista um, if they actually don't, like, you know, do what they did last time around. Like, it's a little different compared to those guys because they actually have – they've actually been gone as po- and you actually had time to actually miss those people as opposed to Undertaker who's there every year. Triple H who's there, like, twice or two or three times a year. Is there novelty with Sean? I, 
I would have thought so, but the thing is, like, they didn't just come out right right out and just do it with him and say, yeah, he's definitely going to come back to build anticipation. Like, they're trying to fuck I'm, with it. They're trying to play around with it, like, and, and, and slowly put him into an angle and then get him in a tag match. And I don't think people want to see a tag match with Shawn Michaels and, and see him I stand mean, on the apron until he gets the hot tag from Triple H. Yeah, I, but I mean. <sighs> I think I'm. I think I'm where I'm at on that. Is like let's just wait and see where where like where they end up going with with it. Like before I just completely just say, nah, no one will see Sean and Tag match. I don't want to see Sean and Tag match. I want to see Sean versus AJ Styles or or Seth or some or, or Roman or or Daniel Bryan or somebody. Right? Like, but that's not what they went with. But and obviously I would rather fantasy book a million other things better. But like at least you know because they've actually done good work so far. Let's see where they get through from this part and go go on from there and then like once it's finally announced the triple that he will be in a match i see like what that actually does for their viewership or the buzz around the company so a couple comments uh joe said if buddy murphy doesn't win tonight people may riot remember joe is in australia there tonight is our tomorrow so <laughs> um, <laughs> um uh, simon says the part-time draw died with goldberg uh joe says if sean comes back it needs to be a new age match uh, either Balor, Rollins, or Ambrose. Uh, I, I think I think there's going to be a super kick in the pedigree. What, what didn't work at WrestleMania 28 will work this time. Wow. Yeah, that was a great near fall. That was that was one of the greatest near falls of all time. Yeah. Like we thought for sure, like oh, they just broke the streak. That is like Shawn's going to come back and like they're going to do a third match uh, between Undertaker and Shawn at WrestleMania. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's move down the list, and this is just going straight off the wiki. We've got Bobby Lashley and John Cena against Elias and Kevin Owens. Have y'all seen John Cena lately? I feel like he's on the gas, as we say. Oh, <laughs> look, look, John Cena couldn't wait to become a part-timer. Oh, wow. Now, yeah, like, so he's has skinnier. He been, he's okay, lost so weight. This man is more shredded than I've ever seen him. Is he smaller though? Yes, he's smaller, but he's like ridiculously cut. He's probably about fifteen pounds uh, lighter, and he's normally like around two fifty. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, and, he, I, and he has a really weird haircut right now. Yeah, like let, that's one thing. Like his last run wasn't exactly the best in the world in the ring, especially like compared to where he left off at at that time when he left. So. I don't know, like, hopefully he's better in the ring. I mean, especially because, like, this Lashley thing and this Drifter thing, like, that's not that's not the heat right now. I'd like it's to propose not. something. I think they need to turn Bobby Lashley on John Cena here. Like, have something happen, have them boys win, and then just, like, they're up, they're both uh, raising their arms, and Lashley pulls them in for a fucking rainmaker. Like, I, I think that's the only hope to save Bobby Lashley at this point. And then, like, so, you beat John Cena's ass and write him off. So I'm guessing that's to set up a WrestleMania 35 match. I mean, you can set it up for the Royal Rumble. They got a stadium to fill there, too. So, Or you can that's set not, it up for our, 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 uh, Saudi Arabia. Where is uh, it, Royal Rumble's in Phoenix this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it at the Sun Stadium or is it in – or sorry, is it the Suns Arena or is it in the, uh, the Arizona – uh, It's in the Cardinal uh, Stadium. It's in the Cardinal Stadium. Yeah. Okay, I'm saying because if that shit's in um if that shit's um in the in the in the Suns uh, arena, then like nah, they're saving that for WrestleMania. They do that kill turn. 
Be like, yeah, you know, they do the fast, the fantastic what if they bring another guy back from that era, and they'd be like, you know, John Cena. This should have been mine. You know, classic promo. If it wasn't, if, you know, if I hadn't left, then he wouldn't have been the guy. Like they would have done it again, and then John Cena can destroy him into a million pieces on promo, and then AA him and beat him, and then go on and they, go they away can, again. They can do so, it in Saudi Arabia. How about that? Like. <laughs> running that crown jewel so uh, I, I think that's the only real intrigue here is if a Lashley heel turn comes out of it Elias and Kevin Owens are just here uh, to get beat like geeks um, Daniel Bryan and The Miz singles match to determine the number one contender for the WWE championship now I think both guys you can make a case for uh, to win this thing Daniel Bryan hasn't won a pay-per-view match since Money in the Bank James that was in yeah. June Seems like an oversight. Um, look, man, I I don't know what to make of this. Like, like this I is supposed like, to be the one. Like, this is supposed to be like, oh, we're supposed to be hot for this. I'm not hot for yeah. this match. Yeah, I mean, but there's also the... I mean, they've done a lot to it to make sure that it's not hot. Um, I would say that if you ask me what I think they're going to do, um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have Daniel Bryan win the match. But the problem is, like, I feel like he's going to get his title shot and then, like, Miz is going to screw him out of his title shot. And then, like, and then somehow along the way, like, Miz gets the title at Royal Rumble or something. Like, if, they're, if, they're, if their plan is, in fact, to actually have a Miz-Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania 35, which I, I, I don't want to see, but whatever. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm good. If, if that's the case, and like, that's what I see the setup is like, he does beat Miz, but Miz, so it's one-to-one, and then Miz screws about the titles, and then he actually wins the title, and then Daniel Bryan has to take it from Miz at WrestleMania 35. Um, I don't, I, I that, that would make sense, but I, I don't know, man, like, I don't know, like, I feel like, I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what they do with, with AJ, and I don't know they got a lot of questions to answer about AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan right now. Yeah, like both of their main event, like both of their main event scenes on Raw and SmackDown are like they're good, but like they're not great. I, I mean, they're fine, they're good, they're not, great, but they're not great. And it was like there's a lot of like ambiguity and also like it feels like all this stuff is none of this stuff is actually going to be stuff that happens and is dynamic, like here or in the coming like month or two like it feels like all this stuff is being like long-term plays for like january and royal rumble right and with the whole brian and miz thing i don't know man i i think they're gonna fuck daniel bryan again uh and just beat him why because like they, so? yeah like i don't like i i and a lot of this you would think is tied to the styles and samoa joe match um but it doesn't give me great confidence uh, what they've done with Dan Bryan so far. Uh, t- you know, to shoot him towards a belt like this, and then also, um, it doesn't feel like this is the time. So, I'd rather I'd rather like the Miz just win, be the number one contender, than put Dan Bryan in a situation where he's around the belt and it's not what it could be. All right, we're back, James. You were saying. Yeah, I'm saying I just don't feel comfortable with the Miz being the champion. I had a huter with him to help him cheat to get his matches over because, like, it's just, uh, um, like, clearly he's better with a, with another person there to help him. 
Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering. <laughs> Simon says, "How did they botch a miracle story?" Because they weren't because they didn't want a miracle and they don't take layups. Question: They like the twenty foot turnaround mid range jumpers. James and for everyone in the comments, what has been more underwhelming: the Daniel Bryan return and what they've done with it, or the Shield reunion and what they've done with it? I would have to say the I would have to say the Shield thing because at least like they can always say, "Hey, one of them's going to break it up," and then like they they chase after each other or whatever. So you get a, at least like a nice little thing after that, like the landing spot after they. If it fails or whatever else, or not fail, or if it's not succeeding, they can just move on from it or whatever else, and then still have a a store like a, a, a gigantic plot to cherish down for the next few months. This right now is like we're already down the road. They cooled it off with the with the, the big cast thing. Like it's just not it's just not hit on none right now. So um, Simon's answer so, was yes, as in yes for yeah. both of them. <laughs> and and Joe says the Brian return. I'm gonna go with the Brian return uh, as well as you mentioned, James. The big cast thing just ended up with big cast being fired afterwards. So it was like two months of, of you know him being wasted. Even though Daniel Bryan brought him to a passable match at um uh, what was that uh, the Money in the Bank show, um they've put together team hell no which i lost my damn mind about and then they made Dan brian do the fall and then i don't yeah know. that's that's one i don't get because i wasn't watching at the time but like on paper or at least from what i you know aside from, you're the only person i ever heard that was really really negative about it that i can remember right so but i understand i understand the reason legitimate concerns about like hey are y'all actually trying to track track this dude towards him actually you like chasing down the title again or or what right um I feel like we have a clear answer on that now, right? But um, I, at the time, I can see, like, okay, well, this was something that got him over at the time and whatever. But, like, the fact that, you know, they relied on a, fa- they relied on a guy that's in his – how old is Kane? Is he in his Kane's late 40s 50. or is he, is he is, late 40s or 50? Kane is 50 at least. Yeah. They were relying on, they were relying on a guy that's going to be in his 50s that, like, has, that's on and off to actually, like, stay healthy or whatever else for that to work. And, like – it just didn't happen because he got hurt, and my I wonder like if he hadn't got hurt, what was it? What was going to happen? Like we're going to just wrestle Us- the Usos and New Day in the bar, or, or for like right. half a year, or what was going to happen? Right. Um, yeah, we'll never know. But I'm going with the Miz uh, just because I don't think this is the time. Um, so on to the well, I would say this: it would look really, really, really bad if Daniel Bryan loses his Sheldon Benjamin off because he's an idiot. And then gets laid out by the Miz because he's an idiot, and then lose in Australia. Like, where does he go from there? Like, is he just like do you do you do you just move him? Do you make the mid card around him? Like, does I mean, like they, they, they Randy could Orton do, show up and like t- and, and like beat his brains in? They could do that. They could also put him near Nakamura, but I I don't know about you. I don't need to see Dan Bryan wrestling for no mid card belts. I, that would look really really bad if he were to go out there and like. Be a number one contender, be a number one contender match, lose, and then immediately go to Nakamura. That would, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would love to see that few, but I don't, I think that's a real, like, okay, they're definitely readjusting you and telling you, like, this dude will never, this dude is, this dude will not be a title contender person for the next, for the, his, the rest, remainder of his career at the company, unless they're trying to do, like, uh, you know, he's on the way out five years from now, and then they're going to be like, they're trying to send him off with like a, you know, oh, thank a you. Away thing. Yeah. yeah. 
so we've got a six-man tag match uh, with the Shield and the Dogs of War, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. The whole story of this buildup has been both teams with their internal struggles. They've been playing a mind game with Dean Ambrose and then Drew McIntyre. Dolph Ziggler has been kind of called the weak link, the the not-so-dirty secret. James, they have, I feel like they have done every single thing to make us not realize that Dolph Ziggler is just about to get pinned here. Like, <laughs> like, like, in my opinion, what should be happening here, this should be a Braun Strowman pinfall over Roman Reigns um, in this match to show what would have happened if the bullshit didn't happen at Hell in a Cell and to set up him challenging in Saudi Arabia for the belt. Otherwise, this is a complete waste of time. This is a way to get you know, these positive reactions without having to lean on uh, Roman as a draw for the international market. I think this is just a fucking placeholder thing that has, like, kind of frozen the main event scene of Monday Night Raw. Oh, it totally has. Like, you gotta think, they put, for for them to do this, they put the title on ice, they put the top few they had um, in the company right now on ice, uh, and... And also, they put their, the, the mid card belt on ice to do this, and the tag team and the tag titles are more or less on ice right now um, to, to get this over. With. Like, hopefully, they'll get this stuff straightened out before we get to in the, in the weeks leading up to Crown Jewel and uh, Survivor Series, where we can actually get like some you know competitive TV feuds out of this. But I doubt it. I feel like they're still going to be stuck around this whole cloud of Dogs of War and the Shield, much like how we were stuck around the, on SmackDown last year after. Uh, after Survivor, after SummerSlam, the whole cloud that it was Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Like, I, you know, we know how they get down when they get past SummerSlam um, in the, on, on the calendar every yep. single year. Yep. And if you look at it, they got the top six guys here. They have the tag team match on Raw. There are no other Monday Night Raw matches on this card for the men. Like, we've got the the women's six the, the six woman match, and then we've got the old guys. So this just shows you where Monday Night Raw is at this point. Super top heavy with no mid card in sight. And I feel like this is what I was calling uh, after the shakeup, James. I was like, Monday Night Raw is going to need some help. But, yep. but remember, like this is kind of like similar. I mean, it, it reminds me of two things. It reminds me of last year's SmackDown because the same thing is like there is no mid card on SmackDown because everything's getting sucked into this Shane um, and, and Owens thing. And they also remind me of. Smackdown after the after the draft, where it's like they're going to need people to come through to build a mid card to make it work. Luckily, we had Dolph Ziggler and we had um, and we also had the Miz, and it turned out fantastically well. But there ain't no Miz and there ain't no and there ain't no Dolph Ziggler. At least the, the Dolph Ziggler that we had at that point in time um, uh, on this Raw thing, because like it's it's AOP, it's Team B, it's the revival to the Team they, B. <laughs> It's, I like it's that. It's Ascension. It's yes. Bobby Roode. It's Gable, who they they basically made that feud. Um, no one could possibly care about that. And then on the other net, you also have like it's Kevin Owens desperately trying to climb uh, with, with all these anchors on his back to try to make Bobby Lashley and 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 uh, and Elias matter as, as opposed to anything other than a, a heat promo. So like they're you know like hey man, push the women. Yeah. Like, can we can we can we push the women? Like if you're if this gonna suck this bad, I think they like, got a couple injuries to- preventing that. But we, I mean, we could push Bailey 
Um, <laughs> you know, Sasha's uh, injured, quote unquote, at the moment. I believe Alexa is out as well at the moment. Uh, Simon had a com- uh, comment. Hey, but here's the thing, though, right? They could do Mickey. They could have done the Mickey James versus Bailey uh, pro- feud right now. They could have sure. done that. Why not? Why not? Uh, and it also could have helped get some momentum going into, you know, the pay-per-view they have in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, that's too. So uh, Simon had a comment. He what, said, what, what, well, look, what they protect what they protecting Bailey for? Not a damn thing. Okay, then. So uh, Simon said, people swore up and down that things would get better with Roman Reigns as the champion. Now we're in a rerun from last year with Roman and his goons, not the Shield, versus the alliance to end the Roman Empire and bad title defenses. Um well, well, it has turned around. Like, the last two weeks' shows have been good as opposed to before then when they're just like, oh, my God, these shows are awful. Yeah. Um, now, uh, does that mean does that mean that, like, you're going to get a Killer Man event? No. But <laughs> at least this Monday night shows are better. It'd be nice if they had Killer Man events, but, you know, they have to you know, they have to do Hell in a Cell up. They have to do Hell in a Cell matches so they can get over the fact that Brock Lesnar is coming back. Yeah. Um, Joe had a comment. He said Ziggler is eating all three fi- finishers. He said they're going to also come out to the Shield music together, so Roman doesn't get booed. Um, it, uh, it, it, shit, it, you might be able to tell us better, Joe. But I feel like Australia is a country much like England, where they're not here for the bullshit. Like, like they're a tough crowd, they're a hardcore crowd, and they're gonna like, they're gonna. They, you know, speak their minds essentially. It would be no different than them going to New York City or Chicago or LA or something like that. So, um, the next thing we got on tap uh, the Bella Twins and Ronda Rousey against the Riot Squad. Now, uh, what's up, Howard, for joining us here? Um, we've got the six woman tag. Uh, you know, this is famously Liv Morgan. She's cleared to compete. Uh, you know she's she survived uh you know Brie Bella and, and the and you know the Bruiser Bella uh you know kick of doom apparently it was not uh so doomed filled and we're gonna get a you know six woman tag here that I struggled to really care about James they should they should run th- like the like Rousey and the Bella should run through them like a hot knife through butter they're the riot squad and they're the Bellas and Ronda Rousey. Like, I don't... I mean, it's like... We're going to have to reach a point to where, like... They're going to have to either build up... I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, like, when there's a heel turn or whatever else or, or, or what have you, but, like... Ronda... I mean, until they... Uh, like, until they build up an adequate storyline for me, like, I'm just going to be... We're just Every single time he has Bell run, a Ronda match should come... Like, she should run through them like a hot knife through butter every single time until, like, they build up a Sasha Banks or they rebuild Alexa to cheat somehow some way to make her Miz again or something... Or, or the female Miz or Stephanie uh, or, or Naya or whatever else. Like, unless you build up a credible opponent, I'm just going to say kill him every single time because she's running the freaking rounds. Joe says, yes, the crowd won't stand for bullshit. There will be booing and pretty sure someone will get called a wanker. So I don't I don't know how bad that is, but I, I, I'm sure there are a couple words that I can equate uh, with wanker uh, that in the in the English lexicon here in America. Um, so uh, Simon says wrestling fans are going to be watching Brie Bella like the media watches OJ Simpson. So <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that too much. I think this is going to be a very patterned out match um, that will probably hide Brie in a lot of scenarios. I don't anticipate seeing any yes kicks um, in this match. 
I think it's all about the post-match. I, I feel like Ronda and the Bellas are going to go over here. And do we see Nikki turn on uh, Rousey? Or is there a miscommunication? I've seen a couple people around the internet uh, predicting possibly a miscommunication where one of the Bellas takes a pinfall, uh, you know, whether it's a roll-up or whatever. You send a riot squad off, and then, you know, the tension goes there. Ronda and, and, and or excuse me, yeah, Ronda and Nikki get into it. And then Bree sees her going at her sister and then jumps her from behind. And both the Bellas beat ronda rousey down totally plausible scenario and they stomp her out i i don't know man like they can do a bunch of stuff i'm assuming that something will happen because obviously we're only three like three weeks away from evolution so i mean for all we know maybe they just you know maybe they just show up on monday and and they have a respect match and Nikki says, "I want, my, I want, my, I want a title shot." I think that would suck because, like, Nikki is a much better character as a heel getting booed um, than being this unsympathetic babyface because, like, she's always been unsympathetic babyface because, like, I've seen the history of it. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, I. Who knows what they do, but. Who knows? Simon Who says knows? Um, Ronda's affiliation with the Bellas killed her character and momentum. I would disagree. Um, I would just say what what is hurting Ronda at the moment is the fact that there she has no storyline really, and we're like we're in the car right now. We're on the drive, but we don't have a destination yet. So once she has like a focus, like I like I think coming out of this, that's when we'll be able to get a better gauge on where she's at. This match is nothing like okay so i wouldn't disagree with simon necessarily but what i would say is what i think is a bigger culprit is the fact that you know we all it's always going to be one of these things with triple h nsc calls where like every time they bring somebody up and they have nothing for them and you go back to the breaking ground thing triple h says i hopefully you know they have the first six months of their career planned or we we go hoping that they have the first six months planned out and it's like bro you you got the first 60 minutes planned out out (laughs) clearly they it, it feels she feels sort of aimless on TV right now since um, since the rematch with, 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 Alexa, with Alexa. Honestly, you can say she kind of felt aimless after she won the title. Like, once she felt the title, she actually felt kind of aimless. Like, you really know where to go here? We don't know. Like, she's not doing anything more than people are doing stuff to her and she's reacting. Um, and, I mean, that's fine at times, but, like, we just, you just you I wish, think it's like, a victim of person, the calendar. Like, you know, that came in with such with such fanfare and such, uh, such buzz that they would have they would have had more for her to do like i think this is a situation where she's a victim of the calendar more than anything because they have something that they want to start not yet and they also didn't have anybody lined up because they're not obviously going to the sasha banks match they're not going to bailey they're not going to ember moon or any of those faces and but obviously none of these they, they weren't going for a ronda versus like uh ruby riot title match so they did it on tv Right, but I think Rich. I think the thing is like, they don't think about booking in term in terms of oh yeah, viable opponents and, and people that can help showcase how awesome she can be. Um, I, they, I don't think they think like that. You because, know, you like, know exactly how they think. How can we protect like, her from getting turned on? Right, right. But I guess what I'm saying is, we think of okay, yeah, she can have these programs. Like this person comes in. Person X comes in to the to the territory, right? Quote unquote. So this person can do X, Y, and Z with 
person A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, and yeah, all of all the all those options. And ultimately, like they don't ever think like we do. Like, remember when when Brian came back and we all made the joking thing about like they're gonna basically do it like uh, they should. You all start thinking like the Cody the Cody uh, indie list yeah. of people he want, wants to work with and do all this great stuff with. Like they don't think like that. Like they, don't, they it wasn't like Daniel Bryan can now can work with, do the Miz program, do some more, do some more Joe, uh, go fight Roman Reigns or Seth or whatever else. They didn't think that. They were like big cast, step on up, yeah. right? So, boy, you know if they if they think if they don't think of it like that, then like what makes you think like there is actually you know especially because of this year, like we didn't even they did they teased and all that stuff with, with Sasha and Bailey and they never did it. So what makes you think they're actually, actually they're ever gonna actually do a Bailey program with with Ronda or or Sasha or whatever else? Like I don't I, I'm not seeing it. Like I the only thing I expect I expect them to do eventually is get to a or Oscar feud when we talked about it at the time. But like the only thing I really expect them to ever actually do right now is the Charlotte thing. But other than that, I, I can't I can't even. You know, I'm not even gonna get into that to that mode of thinking of what they could do because like they don't they be doing shit. End up disappointing you. Yeah, they, they always be... end up disappointing you. Speaking of disappointing you, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe for the <laughs> WWE Championship in a no count out, no disqualification match, James. And the thing about it is. This stipulation obviously doesn't match. It is not a buried alive match. It is not a submission match. This is a match that <laughs> is here to be had. And if Samoa Joe doesn't win, and I feel like I said this before SummerSlam, he should jump off a bridge if he didn't win at SummerSlam, the belt. They should leave him in Australia if he doesn't come out with the belt. <laughs> okay, so... Become a citizen. Like... <laughs> okay. When... When they did the last uh, Joe and Seth, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm completely wrong with this. Remember when the last year when they did a uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, Shane McMahon or or the two ref gimmick? Yes. What pay per view was that last year? Uh, that was Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions, and, it, and who was that? That was AJ versus was Owens. No, it was Orton and Nakamura, the alliance before the alliance. Now again <laughs> against um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. For two reps, okay. So, and that was in December, right? Right. Okay. So, you know what? You know, given what this angle has been, and given how the last match ended, you know what? We know will be appropriate. What? A two ref match, but they can't do it because they did it around the same exact time last year. So they decided, hey, let's do a match with no no count out, no DQ, and there must be a winner. Even though the last match had no count out, no DQ, and there was a winner. Boy, um, so uh, what do you what do you think, James? Like, what, what what do you think is gonna happen here? I don't really have too much energy to give to this because I feel like they haven't really given me much. Like, right after they do the whole thing with last match where Joe feels robbed and all that, they take him right back to fucking with AJ Styles' family. It's like, we closed that chapter. Now y'all should be trying to, like, really bump every time on yeah. site. Has, like, AJ Styles has had one match, I believe, on TV since uh, the last, you know, match. They haven't had any other physical altercations. This is just... I would... Just an awful feud. Like... <laughs> you think it's an awful feud? I, I'm not feeling it. Like the way the way they set this thing up, and the, just the booking makes no sense. AJ Styles looks terrible, terrible. I mean, 
I can't. I mean, I can't. Okay. I feel like this is a few. I feel like as a few, this stuff, given the promos and the matches. Samoa Joe's like been awesome. Been a, I feel like this is. I feel like this has been a good feud. However, this is like one of those things where, like, yeah, they're good. They're doing good work. However, this ain't getting neither person over, right? Like that first week or after that match when when I um, when eight when Joe got screwed over by that bad call, and then like AJ kicks him out the ring, sends him flying as being furious, like, and then shows up the next Monday and like. Joe all, and then he also sends Joe packing again. It was like, yo, you look really bad. And then like AJ is like, he's fine, but he's just doing fine. And, and like you figured that you hope that like WWE champion would be doing more than fine, right? So yep. a WWE champion like, of three hundred plus days. Work, so it's also confusing, um, or not confusing, but frustrating. I would I would say that like I don't I don't expect Joe to win the title because one like it's in Australia, it's gonna happen at like you know in the morning time. I don't really see it's gonna be on a week. Like, I don't, I don't really see that happening. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they they should they should have t- changed the title either at SummerSlam or they should have changed it at um, at the last review, but they didn't. So like, at this point, I'm led to believe they're just not gonna do it. <laughs> they, yeah. Even though they should, even yeah. though they probably should, they're just not gonna do it. So. Um... The next match, Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, James, I saw a stat today about Cedric Alexander. He has been undefeated for 365 days. Huh. It's amazing. Um, Interesting. So, return of the countryman Buddy Murphy. I think this is the perfect time. So, so, like, where do you get this stat from? Do you get that from, like, the Roman Defense Squad or no? No, no. <laughs> uh, you know, because be like, you know, you're talking about Ricky Tomorrow or Roman Reigns over push. What about Cedric Alexander? <laughs> he like, for the whole year. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I can, I feel like I can see that uh, pop up. Well, you know, y'all ain't say nothing about Cedric Alexander. <laughs> you know, what about what about Seth Rollins never made a event in WrestleMania or, or never made a event in cars except for one time, like in the last like four, three years, right? Yeah. Like or two years. So. They be killing me with that, so I, you know, I just had to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, so. You know what about what about Braun Strowman? So what if what, so what if Roman always beats him and then takes his main event? <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> like, and what about it? Um, yeah. So yeah, man, uh, Buddy Murphy, the countryman of Australia. I think we could get a title change here. I don't really know. Um, this would be the time where I would direct you guys to my man Clive from the Ricky and Clive Show and his columns uh, chronicling 205 Live every week. I think these guys need to honestly get a shot. I I don't want to wake up and find out they added a pre-show at the last minute and then put these guys on it. I don't want to hear that these guys got less than 10 minutes to do their thing. I'm done with it. I want them to stop treating these guys like they're wearing fucking training wheels. Stop acting like these guys can't give you the best match on the card if they have the training wheels taken off of them. But but that's the problem. They don't want to they don't want to they always put shackles on the bottom of the car to make sure that you don't over outdo the, the, the top of the car, the main event. And you got, you know, you got a bunch of 50 year olds in the main event right now, but you're doing too much kid, you know? Yeah. You know, we'll fuck around and have, uh, you know, Cedric Alexander selling the leg, the whole match. Like, like, 
like they don't like I remember like they don't care about whether or not they entertain the fans. They worry about like, oh yeah, we want the fans entertained, but only by the main event. Yeah. Like, like put on a put on a four hour show and then like don't entertain us th- throughout like most of it and have you sit there and then wonder why like people are walking out of main events and stuff like that or ro- walking out of Roman. Like I'm granted some of that stuff is on people like not you know Roman looking, looking like a plate of piss and not buying him as a as a top guy after what you did to him at WrestleMania. But another part of it is like. This this card sucked, and now you want me to sit through this main event with gender? Get the fuck out of my face! <laughs> or not, no, you're, not, not, not Joe, but I'm exactly yeah. the Joe. The Joe is what I meant, not uh, gender. But yeah. you get my same point. It's like, right. nah. Um, like <sighs> if you entertain them, they will they will gladly sit through all the stuff you do if you entertain them throughout the four hour uh, duration. So yeah, um, hoping these guys get a full chance to do their thing. A nice fifteen to eighteen minutes. It is a four hour show after all, plus that. So I would. I think they, I think they can get it done in thirteen minutes. Sure, and, and it better be balls to the wall, like like run it, because um, I feel like if Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy was happening in PWG, we we would get a real fucking match. Like, yeah. um, so the tag team championships of SmackDown, the New Day against Cesaro and Sheamus. I'm I'm tired of the New Day right now. I don't know what they're doing. They're just languishing fucking around with these pancakes over and over and it's not necessarily new it feels like Big E has been trapped in this group forever it feels like Kofi Kingston is stuck there forever it feels like Xavier Woods is stuck there forever James if anybody was this successful for this long they would have tried them at the top of the card or at least above where they're at absolutely um yeah I mean that's the thing when you put overqualified people together in a team, and it's awesome, right? And they did it for, and they've done it for now running online almost four years now. Um, yeah, I, you know, um, I struggle to care. I don't. I, at, this, at, at this point in time, at this point in time, New Day, I'm at the point where it's like, look, um, they come out there, they do their wacky shit. Sometimes it's entertaining, sometimes it's not. Um, you put them, in, but if you give them a title, ma- uh, uh, I'm sorry, you give them a, a match on a card and you don't fuck around with it, you don't do any bullshit or whatever, like, it's gonna be a great match, so, like, for me, it's just like, you you deal with all that stuff because you know you're gonna get that, you're gonna get the sweet, you're gonna get the the rewards, the right, right fruit of, of a great <laughs> match from the New Day on pay-per-view, or special, or whatever you wanna call this, so give them 15 minutes or whatever else and, and get out the damn way. That's, that's I guess I guess that's the only day. thing we can hope for because the build has literally been about throwing pancake batter on each other, absolute, absolutely a joke. Um, and bullying a geek. Yeah. So we had a tag team match between Oscar and Naomi uh, against the Iconics. Um, getting that home country love. They I wonder if they'll get cheered. Um, you know for. Oh my God! They should not base off of how they've been on TV. Yeah. So we know um, Oscar is a um, is an ally, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, somewhat an ally of Naomi's, and you know, um, very weird how we've arrived at this point. This just reeks of hey, let's get more people on the card, uh, yep. let's get more women on the card, let's yep. Make sure uh, let's pull Oscar out of the muck that she's been mired in, and at least get her on pay per view because uh, for so long she has been sidelined um, over and over. I don't know, man. This is just a match 
who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> like, look, it should never have came out of this. But at this point, let the Iconics get a win. Whatever. It's a, it's a, it's the home country. Let them get the W. Like they've been putting them on TV or whatever, try to give them this push, even though they've been doing these god awful promos and talking segments or whatever else. Just, just go ahead and continue with it, because y'all ain't gonna stop. <clears throat> Never stop. And what should be the main event of the show? I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> this should be the main event. She should have been on the poster. She should have been the only one on the poster. To hell with the no, Undertaker. No, 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 no. She should be on the poster with a co-star, and that co-star would have been under her boot. On face down, you know. <laughs> The hell with Triple H. The hell with Shawn Michaels. This is about Becky Lynch. So, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte for the SmackDown WWE World Women's Championship. Um, <laughs> um, I think Becky gets gets away with it. I've, I've sat here on different shows, and I felt like the other shoe was going to drop. The only thing is, I think this is the time where they are going to begin making Becky cheat. Yeah, probably. I mean, because I, I can't think of anything else they could do given the, the situation and how, you know, such a bad situation like uh, the depth of the SmackDown Live women's roster is. Like, they have to stretch this thing out, this this this, uh, this Charlotte and Becky thing. So, like, this has to get to... This, this, this matchup for the title has to get to Evolution. So either Charlotte has to win the title back or like Becky's just going to beat her by cheating again or whatever, by by cheating again, but by cheating for the first time to save the title and then they can do it again at Evolution. Like that's the only way to really get it to Evolution. Or they do a double count out and brawl to the back. I feel like one of those is on deck for for this stadium show. Uh, let's see all the ways ways they can end this shit. They can do a double count out. They can have uh, Becky get disqualified. They can. <laughs> I feel like everything's on in play here. Expect like no no result is out of the question. They could have Charlotte could just the, tap her out the, clean. They, they could do. They could do the Charles Robinson. Oh my God, that would be the most interesting thing. To have Charles Robinson screw Charlotte and then have Charlotte like, but I didn't ask you to do this or whatever. Like, and and you have to prove that Charlotte like had nothing to do with this and Robinson was acting out of blind loyalty. So this would be like, you know, you could go, you could have Charlotte scheme it up. That's one way you could do it. Or you could do it like where Charlotte doesn't have anything to do with that, but Becky feels like there's a conspiracy in this company keeping her down, essentially. Right. And, they, and, and, and she destroys Charles Robinson uh, on SmackDown to come. She puts him in the fucking armbar, and then Charlotte, knowing that Charles Robinson is like a family friend, comes to protect him, you know, essentially. And then, you know, it, it gets personal. And then we've got Evolution. we got Rick coming back uh, the following week. So there are a bunch of nah, ways nah, you nah, can nah, go with nah, this. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You can first ever first ever women's pay per view. We can't have Rip Flair out there. Oh no, I'm my... not saying that. He's showing up to SmackDown oh. 1000, right? We having okay. Becky Lynch put him in that armbar. That's what we need gotcha. to have. Remember last time? We, I mean, remember one of the last times we saw Ric Flair and Becky Lynch interact? He he sexually assaulted her. Yes, she, the 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 bill is due, James. <laughs> the bill is due. 
You know, like he, he, just, he just kissed her. Just like what? What? What, <laughs> what is wrong with y'all? Why would y'all book this? So uh, I'm calling it SmackDown 1000. Becky rolls up on Rick and slaps him in the arm bar. So. Uh, expect any type of finish on this match, but there are, we, we laid it out all the you know exciting things you can do on the fallout of this. Michael, what's going on? Um, I don't know if we're doing a live thread. I'll throw one up if y'all want to comment on it, and I'll turn my notifications off because I ain't waking up at 5 a.m. to watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, if you're watching this video, hit us with a like um, to keep it at the top of the group so folks can tune in. But that is going to wrap up the preview for Super Showdown. We will be back to talk about the May Young Classic as well as NXT for this week. And then, of course, in our third segment, we have Sideline. Yes, and we are back. Uh, James, the May Young Classic Episode 5. You said something to me like this, along the lines of this is like one of the great like one hour shows WWE's ever done. This is one of yeah, this is one of the great cars that WWE has ever done on the network that wasn't a pay-per-view or a takeover. Like the only things I can think of off the top of my head, because obviously I didn't watch the Cruiserweight Classic as much as y'all did, but like I'm assuming there's something that I'm assuming like the final four of the main upstairs of the Cruiserweight Classic. There were some um, great ones, so yeah. Right. Uh, I would say maybe another episode or two of that. I'm not really sure. Um, the final four of the Mayan Classic last year, they had the Tony Storm and, and Kyrie match and the uh, Baszler and Mercedes match. Um, and, you know, after that, like, I'm assuming, like, some of the episodes of, of NXT, they had, like, you know, classics, instant classics on there. Like, you know, for example, a couple weeks ago's uh, TakeOver, or, um, um, NXT, they had. Dunn versus Ricochet, Ricochet or uh, British Strong Style <laughs> or um, the takeover they had. I'm sorry to take over the um, the NXT episode they had Gargano in um, in Dream in Atlanta like the end of last year. So or beginning of this year, I can't remember which one. I can't keep it straight. But like outside of that, like this was this was just great. It had like you know good match, good match, uh, great match, classic, and another match that was just like. It was short, but it was good yeah. as well. But it was just really short. So we have, um, the first match on the show was Tony Storm uh, taking on Hiroyo Matsumoto. Supposedly, they had wrestled each other seven times before, and it showed. Uh, they did kind of, they put Storm in kind of like an underdog position in this match. Matsumoto got to show off a lot of her, like, you know, hoss offense, essentially. And Tony Storm escaped with, like, a roll-up victory. Uh, she's not looking, like, dominant, but she's still having good matches, uh, Tony Storm. So it's like she, she's wrestling, you know, the competition as it comes, and she's facing good competition thus far yeah like the crazy thing about like Hiroyo Masamoto is like you watch her wrestle and you think like you think she's six inches taller than she actually is <laughs> like she wrestles she wrestles like she wrestles like a 5'10 woman but she's really only like 5'4ish like she's not she's not some gigantic woman but she wrestles like she's a like I understand you know how they have um like brawlers like she is she's a flat out like brawler and she, she's just great. Like she seems like she has so much fun kicking people's ass. <laughs> like she having a blast out there while beating, while clubbing the hell out of you. Is this great? Yeah. So, um, Matsumoyo goes I'm down sad. in defeat. Do you think that knowing what we know now after her two matches that she's had, do you think she should have made it to the final four? Matsumoto. Yes. <sighs> um. No. Um. 
looking at it like just just knowing all those monsters that are around i think she's probably just on the outside looking in i i, I would have made her go another round you know okay i'm thinking right now like i mean we got i gotta see what like i gotta see more of this thing of, of ting and knots like in the tournament because like she just had a match she just had an okay match at, uh on the first match of the um of the first episode but like if this shit don't turn up, you'd be like, bro, what they should have done was they should have had Tony versus literally no, like the, swap th- em. the three ja- versus the three Japanese imports. Like that's huh. what it should have been for the final four of this thing. Cause they've been like, they're, like they're, they've been really, really good. Very yeah. impressive. So, um, <clears throat> basically they announced that Tony Storm will take on the winner of the match between Mia Yim and Caitlyn. So yes, uh, I would have took Massimoyo over Yim or Caitlyn. Yeah. So Who do you, so, I mean, you heard the story. I mean, I'm, I'm unspoiled on this. I know the winners. I know the two finalists of the thing. But other than that, I don't know any of the results outside of that. Um, and I, but I do know the story with me and him about like you know they did. She pretty much got the Cedric Alexander treatment when she got so when she must, finally got eliminated. So that must so, be the next match. You, you think that she got that kind of performance out of out of Caitlyn to be able to do that, or you think she no. just lost to Tony Storm? Because I'm thinking Tony Storm. Uh, I'm I think thinking Tony Storm. Caitlyn. Yeah, I'm thinking she okay, got past gotcha. Caitlyn too. Um, gotcha. Okay. Because Caitlyn ain't that type. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So then in the next match, it was Rhea Ripley against Casey Catanzaro in the first of what I feel like will be a million matches between them. Catanzaro uh, <laughs> was, and I texted to Dave Fenishow. He's really high on her. I was like, look, man, if if they don't like someone should be fired if they fuck her up right um and we'll start firing because they're gonna do it yep so and and rhea ripley was like bro i she's going to be so good and she's gonna be the perfect person for all these flying wrestlers to fight she's gonna be able to look charlotte face and face to face she's gonna replace charlotte one day like whenever Charlotte's wrapped up or whatever, Ray Ripley's like twenty years old. Charlotte's in her thirties. Like, like there's like a whole wave of chicks that I'm like kind of looking at right now that are like going yeah, to be I mean, the next like group of four horse women plus Oscar. Like, and I feel like Rhea Ripley's right. right in there. Yeah, I would. I would see. I would, I could definitely see that. Um, I just don't know. I I'm kind of had concerns because of the UK thing. Um, right, right. Like, I would feel a lot, especially given that you know the depth of the women's roster right now, and actually like Homeland NXT is like pretty much just four women. Like they have they have more than just four talented women right now. They definitely do with Candice and, and Dakota. You mean that they're pushing? That's them. not. How, but that's not how they're pushing them. Like they're they're cannon fodder for for Lacey Lane. I'm not. I'm sorry, Lacey Evans right now. Um, but like if if I knew that. Because we, I mean, that's nothing. We also don't know, like, we're going to finally see these tapings of the NXT UK thing. So right. it's like, I could definitely see, like, um, Tony and and um, Rhea definitely being part of that future coming on. But, like, I just have to see it first as far as, like, what they're going to do with them before mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, definitely. But the talent's there, definitely, between the, uh, those two. Uh, I think... I don't. How, how much further do you think Rhea goes in this com- in this competition? Do you think she gets to like the f- elite eight and gets eliminated, or what? I think she's like. I think she's at least going to get to uh, the final four, probably on that side of the bracket. Yeah, 
Like, I don't know. I think I probably would have went one more match with Casey Cannizzaro. I, would, I probably would have had her advance one more round, and then I would have got her out of there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she, I mean, she's so new to this, and you can kind of be like, that kind of might have been too much. Yeah, so, you know, apparently, you know, they said Rey Mysterio was coming back at SmackDown 1000. I, I didn't know he showed up early. Uh, when nice. we seeing Casey Catanzaro out here, so um, yeah, then we had a short match between Lacey Lane and Tynar Conti. Conti was really aggressive in it. Lacey Lane uh, is a very good athlete, despite her short stature. She uh, I, they kept it short on purpose. This was the one match that could have went left. I feel like, and they kept it short. So the, they kept it short, so it stayed good, and also they made use of the fact that like. That Conchi, she can really like because she's legit. Like you know, she actually and she and she does. She has a great. She has great facial. Like she looks crazed, right? Like I can't wait for her to get to the main roster one in one of these days and like immediately be in a tag team with Alicia Fox. And you just say like, oh yeah, they're those are the crazy women. You don't mess right? with them. And she yeah. brings her or two have black Alicia belts. Fox be like Conchi's uh, her mouthpiece or whatever else. Like so, but anyway, like you Bruh. know. I, look, I just, now I want the tag team for one reason only because Alicia Fox is going to take one of them black belts away from her like, and wear it. Like, Alicia Fox will yeah, always so, find a way to get over. Okay, so obviously they didn't make the right decision by cutting the match short. Yeah, but do you think that was because of their? Do you think that was more due to inexperience? Those two, huh? Inexperience. Do you think that's more due to the experience or more to build time, to carve out time for the main event? Which one do you think that's more of? I think it's both, but which one do you think is more of? I, I think I think it, it, I put sixty on inexperience, forty on uh, the time for the main event. Okay. Um, then let's get to it. Uh, the match of the week, possibly one of them. You know, if, if you lump this in with the WWE main roster, like it was as good as anything on that this year. Mako Satomura and Mercedes Martinez came out here and had a match uh, with each other, and they looked at each other like, "I wonder if they've wrestled before." I feel like they have, and. They said this was a dream match, and they delivered on every single level. It was hard-hitting. There were submissions. There was emotion. There was um, lots of just top-flight work from two ladies that are, like, veterans. And they're, like, very – like, these are the the pros or whatever. Like, these are the – the cream of the crop, as they say. Mercedes was in the semifinals last year, and Sotomayor is as good as anyone that you'll ever see. Yeah, told a told a great story, um, like told a great story. Had you buy like her, had you buy her the submissions in like as like oh my god this could end the match. And the crazy part about it is neither one of them displayed submission like like finished submissions yet. Like that was to a crowd that like you know they may know that they that they got hooks, but like that wasn't you know no one knew that like oh yeah just put it away. This wasn't being put over like. Um, like Shayna Baszler's uh, finish last year, right? It wasn't where oh you she puts this on you you're done. It was like oh she slapped this on like after after a near fall. This is incredible. And then you know after after the first match that um, Namiko had where she puts her away with the DVD the the like she comes out with the scorpion kick thing. One, I've never seen that. I've never seen that move before. Bro, so funny story about that is I actually equipped that move in Fire Pro Wrestling World a couple weeks ago. I had never seen anyone in person actually do it. I was like, 
I'm taking that as part of like my uh my my, my big move that I do and, and that yeah. you know and, and I'm doing that so yeah that's one of my moves and I've never seen a human do that that shit is I will get people out of here it was it was great and like it established like she can it was almost like it established like she has more than one way to get you out of here yeah. and it's like she's so Miko is so great in this thing and also like relying on the fact that like. Mercedes made it to a Final Four and was, you know, more or less dominant. I mean, she went through a really match, but she looked great in it. Um, in an open round, and like, you know, she was charging for another lengthy run, and like, that was like the perfect match for the perfect time in that tournament. And like, I love the story of they're, you know, they're filling each other out. Miko clearly is, is the better uh, is the better technician as far as grabbing hooks. Um, Mercedes says, "All right." Let's see you throw strikes, and you know, and then and then we get to the part where like they're going back and forth with the strikes, and then like you just go from there. It's just incredible. So, like I, I love this match. Like I haven't watched it back again. I was planning on I I went through um all of the best matches in last year's May Young Classic. Um, except, and I had but I haven't watched I've watched all the great ones, and I haven't but I haven't watched the the final yet. To try to see like how much better this match was compared to the other stuff and it blows it blow it blew all the previous stuff away yeah it was it was it was great just a great match yeah. one of the great wwe matches of this year and yes. i don't give a fuck um they need to um you know and if you guys like aren't you know if you are spoiled on the may young class or you're not spoiled i feel like they should do a rematch of this at evolution and yeah, there's yeah. no good reason the, not to. This was the best women's match since at least at least um, the last Oscar uh, Ember match. Yeah, um, yeah. So hopefully WWE can you know get over themselves and stop you know using what they want to do with the women as PR and dedicate it to more shit like this. And I don't know if that's us because I saw a lot of interesting stuff in the Observer this week, like about the demographics among female viewers and what's actually drawing them in and what isn't. It was kind of disheartening uh, to see. Yeah. But it was like, yo, like I don't know if we care about this more than they do. Like as far as like seeing women like push as athletes and things of that nature. But well, maybe I, I think you know. You got to think like, yes, they are pushing more more as athletes. However, like the story, they out there, you know, we out here joking. They out there lacking, right? Yeah. Like their storylines, for the most part, are always out there lacking. Like, what was the best storyline up until this point over the last three years? Is is this Sasha? I'm sorry, Sasha. Is this Becky and Charlotte thing the most compelling storyline they've done since the, since the Horseman showed up? It's yeah, it's it's that, and then like you know, Sasha and Charlotte, you know having a million matches for the belt and going yeah, but, rock mankind but, but the, with that shit. Yeah, but the thing about but the thing we talked about even even at the time when it was happening was yeah, yeah, that one feud of the year for for the for WWE main roster, but the problem was like it was the matches that got that feud over, not the storyline necessarily. The storyline was okay. And the booking was but in the booking wasn't the best in the world cuz they kept hot potatoing them back and forth, but like the matches were great on TV. 
Yeah, they haven't had anything else since then worth a damn. I can tell you with full confidence. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Alexa Bliss has been the champion most of the time on Raw, and then, you know, they put the belt on Naomi and never let her do anything with it. And then yeah. just, to get it to, just to get it to Natalia, she can do nothing else other than to hand it off to uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Right. So, and then, like, uh, it, it's yeah. interesting to see wh- who gets the creative energy and when. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, uh, that's gonna wrap up the oh the May Young Classic conversation. We did have NXT uh, also to talk about this week. James, what happened on NXT? Oh, oh yeah, the Forgotten Sons. Yeah, these guys. Good God. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's start at the top. Um, so uh, you know NXT. This was the 471st episode. Um, you know they had. Tony Nese and Johnny Gargano, uh, that was like an Evolve match from a couple years ago, which is a cool thing to see. Uh, the opener, uh, they showed uh, Nikki Cross pacing around, talking about her match with Bianca Belair, uh, and she appeared unhinged uh, the whole time, and she ranted and you know did all this other shit. And then they announced that the rematch between Bianca and Nikki Cross will air in two weeks. And you remember last time they went to a double countout. Bianca is still undefeated, y'all. Yes. And how do I say this? Um, I don't know if these promos that she's doing or every time she talks or has a talking or talking or lines to say or whatever else. I don't know if like they let her go out there and vamp or if. Um, or if like she, they let her do her own thing because, but like, how do I say this? She seems she seems like the most comfortable, and authentic person. Like when it comes to saying anything on the on NXT right now, to me, <laughs> like she reminds me. She reminds me. She reminds me of my cousin Tuan. She really does. Like obviously, my cousin Tuan was didn't have that kind of that kind of outright attitude. But she sounds she sounds so much like her and, and is yeah so it, so like I kind of like I, I love it I love seeing her out there. So in our first match of the e- evening, Lacey Evans uh, or Candice LeRae was fed to Lacey Evans, who was dressed like a like candy cane. Um, she she. <laughs> She hit her with the women's right. Uh, now, uh, Candice LeRae is a woman that I've seen in intergender matches slam through chairs, and she was put down uh, with a simple right-hand punch. Um, so, And what they did was uh, Candice let her temper cost her the match, similar to how Gargano's been losing. So the, the losing is running in the family, James. Um, and, you know... Lacey was talking about, you know, uh, insulting uh, Johnny and getting her pissed. They did some grappling early on uh, where Evans cut off Candace. Evans did a head scissors, and she held the head scissors while doing some push-ups. That was cool. Like, it reminded me of, like, the Charlotte stuff from, like, early on. So, um, you know, a lot of other stuff going on. Evans used a Cobra Clutch. And then uh, the ref, you know, the referee uh, out of the line of vision of the ref, Evans pulled on Candice's hair, and then all of a sudden, uh, Larray she rolled out of the way as Evans missed a slingshot elbow, and Larray fired fired up with a flurry of offense and got a near fall. Um, Evans countered the unprettier, and she, and then you know the insult came, and then Candice basically walked right into the right hand uh, from Evans for a pinfall. Yeah, they got to change that. Like, they got to change the finish. 
Like she has the least she has the least convincing finish this side of like Alexa Bliss's DDT. Like, like nobody's like she gets the main roster and she like lays somebody out with a punch people. Everybody's gonna sit there. Everybody's gonna be like, wow, all her matches are in the flat. Why? Because no one expects a fucking punch. Like she's not the big show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not gonna work. <clears throat> like, and I watched her match with um with Tony Storm um, from last year's May Young Classic. She had a different finish in this. I don't know when they decided, hey, yeah, yo, just go out there and just sock a girl in the, in the jaw and had, a, and had that be the finish. Just like, that was a her. bad idea. Whoever told her that was, they weren't thinking right. So um, they announced that they had a vignette announcing Cole versus Dunn versus Ricochet for the North American Championship. Uh, and it was great. Yeah. Um, after that, uh, Chopper was on his phone again and uh, he was talking to the Velveteen Dream. So uh, he told him, you know, on a previous episode, uh, uh, it was Dream insinuating that Chompa was responsible for uh, attack on Aleister Black. So more dry snitching out here in these streets. And this is also great. And Chompa said that Dream's name is fitting because he's living a dream. So uh, and told him to stay out of the champ spotlight and warned that he would expose the mystique of Dream. Um, and then uh, Chompa concluded by saying that he will turn the Dream into a nightmare. Then we got these dudes. The Forgotten Sons, the dudes that look like they fixed my car, the dudes that <laughs> look like they will never be going to the main roster, the dudes that are just left here in NXT, literally forgotten uh, by by the rest of the world, and you know, squashing a, a bunch of geeks. Uh, this is a very old school match. Um, they got these guys out of here. Yes. But they, but one thing of note, they started the match, like they came out there. Jackson Ryder came out there. He looks like a normal size, same height as the rest of the guys. And then he took off the vest, and all of a sudden he just all of a sudden next thing you know, like he gained. Once he takes off the vest, he gains like 25, 30 pounds. I don't know <laughs> where it comes from, where it's hiding inside the vest, but he's gigantic. So starts off the match, and then he ends the match, and you and you already know like, oh, that's the guy they're pushing. Yeah. He's definitely the one that's getting the push. Like we got these other dudes uh, hanging out, essentially. So. They're window dressing. Don't be fooled. He's getting the push. He's the one. You know, he is Neo, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, after that, we got a vignette from Shayna Baszler, and this may have been my favorite thing on the show. Um, oh, she, my God, this is great, too. She did a sit-down interview where it looked like a training camp like of a combine for a mixed martial arts fight. Um, She said that she headed into a fight camp uh, basically to lead up to her title rematch to regain the NXT women's title um, at WWE Evolution. And it was like, yo, keep presenting her this way, please. Because it will look like you care about someone. Yeah, some of the stuff along the lines of uh, her saying, like, you know, most of these women that I'm fighting with, they have no idea what what goes all goes to a training camp. Like, most of them couldn't even handle it. And then said, you know, I'm, you know, like, Kyrie, you know, I'm just, I wasn't, I wasn't taking Kyrie seriously. I'm going serious this time. You see her go out there stretching um, Jessamyn Duke and her other, and the other, and the fourth horseman. I keep, I always forget her name. Marina Shafir. Um, Right, I'll forget it next week too. So, um, it, it was fantastic. This was like, and then it made you think, like, wow, like maybe for all the like legitimate wrestlers, like they should do this for every single one of them, or or like just show like this is the training that's going on to let you know, like this is the death, this is what I'm going through to try to set, prepare myself for this test 
this challenge to, to, to go to, to um, go over this obstacle. Like it was awesome. It was really awesome. Hey man, the, the only way I'm gonna ride with this like even more is if we get to see what Kyrie's training is now, and then they show her hanging out with like Io Shirai. They show her hanging out with Oscar. They, they they show her with Hiroyo Masamoto, and, and like you know all meeting up around the time you know the May Young Classic, working out in the ring. Like they gotta. I feel like you know if if Shayna can like display with her crew, maybe they can do the same thing with Kyrie. Maybe. Um, I don't like. I thought you were gonna say some joke. Like they show her getting in her element, and all the next thing you know, she's out here like she out here on a boat. Sailing, you know, out here sailing the seas. Yes, with the belt hanging up on the joint, you know. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, so after that, we got that Bianca Belair promo James was talking about earlier. It was excellent, um, and she told everybody that she was still undefeated and. She had absolute command of the room. You know a star when you see one. And if you didn't see it, get your eyes checked. Um, <laughs> so after that, we had Johnny Gargano and Tony Nese. This was a fantastic match. These guys are yes. uh, obviously familiar with each other. Hopefully, uh, this is the start of Tony Nese. Maybe coming to NXT for uh, more than just like you know a one-off or something like that. Uh, I've always been high on Tony Nese. I just thought he hasn't really had much of a personality. But he's like... <sighs> So, he's a power junior, he's got the insane physique, and he's got great ring gear, as well as, like, an incredible moveset. Things should go well for him. He does have that face, though, that is like, uh, I don't, I don't know, like, he has no, like, expression, he has no type of, uh like no type of swag really so you know we i think he just gotta work on that and he may have something it's unfortunate that he can't get any taller yeah he would already got the rocket strapped to him if he'd been like six inches taller yeah um so yeah man uh what'd you think about this match thought it was a great match um you know the funny part is with the Johnny thing and whatever the hell they're taking him with his character, like he, at least he's still having great matches. Yeah. Um, so uh, they did a, a, a vignette about Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin. This was also excellent. Uh, yes. Showing these guys in their recent trials and tribulations. Uh, Lorkin coming back from the injury. Birch uh, talking about their formation as a group. And, um, you know, pretty cool. Go out of your way to see it. And then in the yes. main event, we oh, got... Hold on, hold on. Can I, can, I, can I recap it, please? Sure. In more depth? Sure. More depth. They basically said that they once had a... That, that, uh, Birch and Lorkin once had a match on NXT, and they beat the hell out of each other. And then they, had, they grew respect out of the match, so they decided to team up. And then they both got a shot, and people were questioning whether or not they deserved a shot or whatever else. And then um, they both showed their ass in, um, against uh, on the Speed Era. And that's absolutely true. That's the first time I've ever seen Oni Lorcan wrestle. And, like, that match, I was like, yo, that dude is, like, basically, like, pocket Cesaro, right? <laughs> like, he's awesome. Uh, so, um, anyway... So they show them have the match, and they, then they show, like, I guess was what was the strike that actually broke his uh, order bone, where uh, Roddy hit him with the knee, and then they showed him in the hospital and saying, like, now we're back now we're back on our mission to start where we left off, which is like, this is a great recap, and then for those that, like, get in, that come in or out or just parachute in for takeovers or whatever else, and, all, and so I wonder what the hell happened to these dudes. You haven't seen them, uh, you didn't see them at Brooklyn 4. Like, this, let, this puts you up to speed. It was great. Like, I care more about them than, like, 75% of the tag teams on the main roster after watching this. Yeah. Because there's a story. 
Yeah, uh, it's always nice to tell us who these people are and <laughs> and show us who they are rather than just <clears throat> focus on one part of uh, you know who they are. Uh, in the yeah. main event, we got Lars Sullivan and EC3. <laughs> and Lars Sullivan beat the fuck out of this boy. Oh, my God. Like, do you see his face by the end of the match? Yes. Like, those, when he thought, I understand, like, you know, or you want to go through the match? Uh, you go through it. Okay. <clears throat> so, EC3... Uh, came into the company everyone thought was going to be a heel based on his previous work um, in TNA. Sorry, Caleb is TNA. So, um, but you know he was so over and he's a he's a lovable meathead, much like much like the Gronk. So people roll with him and then his music was so over and his entrance uh, that people started you know start saying yeah I am the top one percent and then he turned being a one percenter which is supposed to be you know a heel because he's a rich. Uh, silver spoon um, fucker to him, you know, being the one percent of the state of mind, being like, I want to be a leader, everything you can do. And you know, he did a good job. He's a good current and a good promo. He turned, he, he flipped it, he really flipped it well. It's BS, but he flipped it well. Yeah, I can, I can, I, you know, so game recognized game. Yeah, so he went out there and dry snitched on Lars, and Lars went out there and, and put the hands on him because he dry snitched and then earned, he earned that ass whooping. Yes, so EC3 Bill was came on due. the show for like a week or two, and then he finally showed up after or last week to, um, to get you know to, to, for some payback. So they they set up the match, and Lars comes out, and you think you got the typical Lars uh, entrance with the great uh, rock music, lets you know like somebody's going to die and be murdered heinously. Um, but instead, EC3 comes out there and, and bum rushes them from behind, and then they start fighting from there, and they start, and the whole match is them trying to clobber the hell out of each other, like. That match was beyond the pale, and I feel like they realized, oh yeah, we us two together. No one wants to see us have a technical wrestling match. We they, people want to see us be two gigantic men and clobber the hell out of each other. And and, go to war. You know, ha- hats off to them. They accomplished just that. Like they, I've watched a few Lars matches now, and I know he has a typical spot where he basically gets behind an opponent, almost in a um, after he puts him in a head crank. He pretty much is, you know, where his hand, his forearms are taped. He clobbers you around the around the head with those with the with the tape uh, forearms. Yeah. But he he went he he busted EC3's mouth. He split him above the eye, like this. And then EC3. And then long story short, after this, like EC3 charged back up, but then um, Lars ended up taking him out. But like. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him after that match. Like, dude, he got busted up again in one of these in one of these matches trying to show and prove. Tell everybody about your idea for Lars Sullivan. Oh yeah, um, Lars Sullivan's music is awesome. Um, it puts me in the mind frame of, of like some '80s Metallica. So, like, I, what I suggest is like his music plays throughout his matches. Straight up, just <laughs> I like the piano. Right? Throughout the whole match, dun, like dun, very dun. similar to New Jack thing, and he just beats the hell out of people with submission, and and that's it. He leaves people on the bloody pulp and then move on to the next guy. And I like that music so much that I wish that it was given to uh, Braun Strowman instead, so he could do the exact same gimmick. Play his music <laughs> while he's out here clobbering people and flipping stuff over. It'd be awesome. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, you know, next week. Next week, Kona Reeves he dies. Match. Kona Reeves dies when he faces Keith yeah. Lee. You have that. 
Um, do we have the rematch between Bianca and um? Is that next week? I think that's two weeks. I think that's two weeks. Two weeks. So that's on the same. <laughs> ma- that's on the same card as the uh, as the, the um, three-way. undisputed era match tag match. Okay, or, or the three way. But next yeah. week we de- next week we definitely have that three way. Yeah, man. I, I kind of have an. I kind of think I have an idea where they're going with that three way. Yeah, not sure. I think we're. I think we're not going to finish. I think we're going to get fucked again. But they don't have rules in triple threat matches. Right. But but Adam Cole is gonna have undisputed run out. Oh shit! So you know what that means? We gonna British beat U- all these fools down. No, no. So that means British, British. That means British strong style runs down. Or no, yeah, British strong style runs down. Or the actually, no, I say, so that means the, no. The Raw Raiders, the Raiders, they run down, right? They take it overboard. So then British strong sides get involved, and they can go for war games. I think that's what's gonna happen. I think you're on to something. So that's going to wrap up our NXT review. We will be back with my favorite segment, Sideline. Welcome back to One Nation Radio, and this is Sideline. So, James, um, this is, you know, our monthly, uh, every time there's a big show, we like to go through and see who was left off. Um, We've got, um, how's it going, Kiki, uh, in the comments. So, um, yeah, man, so let's just get to it. So, the AOP Sidelined. Apollo Crews, sidelined. Baron Corbin couldn't even book himself onto the show. Sidelined. <laughs> Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, B team, B team, no, no, no. Sidelined. <laughs> Bobby Roode, no, you are not glorious. You are losing to Connor, so therefore, you are sidelined. Bray Wyatt, somebody check the milk carton. I haven't seen this guy in months. Sideline. Brock Lesnar, they couldn't cut the check for him. So he is sidelined. Chad Gable, a geek, also being whooped on by Connor the Ascension. Sidelined. Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. Now these dudes have been built up. They've been broken down. They've been built back up only to be broken back down and left on the sideline for this show. Finn Balor. Another pay-per-view comes. Another pay-per-view shows up. And this is another pay-per-view where this man is sidelined. 
Jinder Mahal. Oh, Shanti. Shanti. Sidelined. (laughs) So, Connor and Victor of the Ascension. Now, these fools have been on Monday Night Raw every single week, James. They've been getting victories. They've been losing. They've been getting pushed on the the, uh, commentary saying they have all the tools. James, you know what they don't have? What don't they have? A match at the pay-per-view could be because they are sidelined. <laughs> yeah. Look, that wasteland that wasteland out here cold out there, man. Yes. Cold. Yes. No way, Jose. I haven't seen this guy since the week after WrestleMania 34. They changed his pants. They changed uh the group around him. I don't know, James. I haven't seen the guy. He's sidelined. Hey, I got a question. Yeah. What did they call the group he was with when he was dancing with him? The conga line? Yeah, conga your ass up out of here. Sorry. <laughs> Every single cruiserweight not named Cedric Alexander or Buddy Murphy. Sidelined. Shouts out to Neville who re-debuted in Dragon Gate this week. Um, <laughs> so, on to the women of Monday Night Raw. Bailey. Sidelined. Unbelievably again. Ember. Hug the bench. Hug the bench. Yes, hug the bench. Um, this, this, um, you know, Ember Moon. So her gimmick is she's literally the moon. You know where she can look at the moon, James? From the where? sideline, James. She can look from the sideline. Mickey James, veteran, future Hall of Famer, sidelined. <laughs> <laughs> Natalia, veteran, future Hall of Famer. Also, sidelined. Nia Jax, she can win every single award on the E! Network. They can nominate her for body positivity. They can nominate her for inspiring women. You know what they couldn't nominate her for? A match, James. A match. She's on the sideline. Yeah, turns out she is like most girls. Sidelined. Yes. And Dana Brooks, she left Titus Worldwide and still is on the sideline. On to Smack. Yep. On to on to SmackDown Live. Aiden English says that he is he has information about Lana in Milwaukee. He he beat up Rusev. He busted him in the back of the head with a microphone. This guy has run his mouth for weeks. And you know where he can keep running it from, James? Where the sideline. <laughs> Andrade Cien Almas called up after WrestleMania 34. He did not debut until mid-May. Maybe late May. So, we've had the greatest Royal Rumble. We've had Backlash. We've had Money in the Bank. We've had Extreme Rules. We've had SummerSlam. We've had Hell in a Cell. James, this is WWE Super Showdown now, James. Are you sensing a pattern here? Yes, he's first team all sideline. First team all sideline, Andrade Cien Almas. Call him Andrade Cien sideline. Yes, Andrade Cien sideline. Sanity, sideline. Harper, still sideline. Jeff Hardy fell from the... (laughs) 
Jeff Hardy fell off the hell in a cell. We ain't seen him since. So, of course, he sidelined the Usos, the, the namesake of this very segment, sidelined. The club sidelined. Uh, they need to try to find a way to hook up with the G.O.D. because they're thriving right now. Ah. R-Truth. James, say the line. Can't nobody shuck and jive like me? Yes. That's the line? Can't nobody uh, shuck and jive like your ass on the sideline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shuck and jive your ass to the sideline. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> So, Randall Keith Orton has been beating on fools for months. He's fucking up their fingers. He's ripping their gauges out. He's beating fools in Hell in a Cell matches after hitting them with chairs after after bouncing off the ropes. And somehow, this man found his way to the sideline. Unbelievable. Rich, I I hear voices in my head. You know what they say? Sidelined. Shelton Benjamin got a win over Daniel Bryan this week. Things are looking up for him. Hold on. I'm looking at his booking sheet. I don't see him. It seems like he's being left on the sidelines. (laughs) Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. Nah. Ain't a perfect 10 no more. That man's a perfect 9. And that 9 is sitting on the sideline. So, Carmella, seven-second dance break, recently dyed her hair brown, looks good. It can be looked at from the sideline. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, sidelined, and Lana, of course, on the sideline. I'm sorry I didn't have a chance to say this, but uh, Carmella, she can moonwalk her ass to the sideline. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, that is our segment this month. Everyone there listed is sidelined. So, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> I like to fire up once a month and, and rant. But, um, yeah, so that's going to wrap up uh, this show. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it for um, the folks that joined us on the live portion in the Facebook group while we were recording this. Uh, everyone that's on the timeline, if you did not uh, hear this by the time Super Showdown uh, shows up, listen for the conversation anyway. See how wrong we were. Or right, we were. Um, you definitely gonna be wrong. Yeah, uh, and, and of course, we got some extra stuff on there for you. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. The Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. I believe Clive was solo this week. Uh, the Outsiders Edge with Ranson Carl and Kyle, and keeping it strong style with Jeremy and Josh, as well as grown men watch this shit. As I mentioned earlier, fuck with us over on Lords of Pain Radio. We've got the late Tuesday night spot. So, um, by the time you wake up Wednesday morning, a show review of Raw and SmackDown will be out, and we are coming with that consistently. So, anything to add before we get up out of here, James? Nah, man, just hope the show's good, that's all. Hope can kill a man, James. I have no no response to that. You win. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm just repeating what I heard on Shawshank, so... Um, oh, God. Yeah. So, um, yep, they're, they're throwing us off air now, so we about to hear y'all. Peace. Later.
Thank you for listening to One Nation Radio. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.